Awesome. Come on up, Joanna. Let's see if we can get your mic to work. Awesome. This is Joanna. Hey. <laughs> um, so I probably should have warned you a little bit, but there's a lot of ministries happening in that video uh, that, that some of us saw, but she'll probably talk about some of that. Um, but I wanted to start, Joanna, tell us, how did you first get a call to missions to Africa? So I grew up somewhat involved in missions. My parents were missionaries when I was younger, and then I went on short-term trips, and I never had anything against missions. I just never felt called to missions. And so I had finished university, was um, in Georgia working, and then went on a short-term trip in 2008 to Burkina um, with my church, and then went back in 2009 for another trip, and then in 2010, I went back for a third trip. And um, while I was there, the family I was working, or that was hosting us and we were working with, asked if I would consider to come back and work with them for a year. And I just told them they were crazy. Um, not because I couldn't move to Africa, but the idea of raising money to live there for a year just seemed impossible. And they wouldn't leave me alone about it. They wouldn't leave me alone about it. They started talking about, that's Joanna's room over there. And so finally I was like, okay, I'll pray about it thinking that I would pray about it, and that would be that. Um, and so I went back to the States. I was praying about it, and one day I was driving home from work, and I was like, well, I, could, I could quit my job, and I could leave my family, but I just can't raise that kind of money. And I felt God tell me, are you really going to limit me and stick me in a box over something like finances? And I said, okay. And so sent out a couple of emails that day, and six months later, I was moving to Burkina initially for a year. Um, but... Um, Throughout that year, just started feeling that maybe God was calling me there, and then some things that happened that made me think maybe he wasn't. And towards the end of that year, um, the people who are now my directors, John and Betty, who you saw in the video as well, um, were getting ready to return to Burkina, and they just said, we would love for you to um, come and serve with us. We'd like you to pray about that. And so I went back when they went, and went um, shortly after that, started the process with the Alliance um, to become an appointed missionary. And so in January, I'd been there nine years Holy mackerel. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of years. Yeah. Longer yeah. than I've lived anywhere else in my entire life. Wow. Wow. See, that's exciting. For me, that's exciting to hear that just because, you know, we get pretty comfortable, uh, and that probably wasn't easy to take that step of quitting a job and education you got to do that job and to, to go. Um, so in those nine years, what have you seen God do in Burkina? Okay, so Envision um, is who I'm with, and part of what Envision does, or what Envision does, is we bring out teams and interns to join us in ministry. And in Burkina, we partner with the local church to help them meet their needs and their goals without doing for them what they can do for themselves. And so in that, as you saw a lot of videos, we, we help drill wells, we build church structures, which are, which are just six posts and a roof. The church is responsible for the rest. Um, we've distributed water filters. We've done pump repairs. There's a, a ministry for the disabled that we partner with. We've done food distributions. And you see God show up all the time. Um, even in the last couple years, we've had to change the way we do ministry. And one thing that I can say for sure is that God is great, that God is faithful, and that he is working no matter how difficult, no matter how complicated he continues to work. And so I just want to share a few stories of how God's done great things in Burkina. Um, 
We have a disabled ministry um, through a local pastor. Um, in Burkina, we consider the disabled a unreached people group. They're discarded people. Um, they, don't, they may be left to the side of the road to die. People don't want anything to do with them. They're not allowed in public places, like in churches sometimes, in restaurants, in taxis, in hospitals. And so um, we just consider them an unreached people group, and we've done a lot to try and uh, reach them. And one day we were doing a handicapped bike distribution, and there was a young girl sitting on the ground, and some of us went and spoke to her, and, and then when it was time to give her her bike, one of us put her in her bike. Um, and later her mom said, you touched my daughter. Nobody has ever wanted to touch my daughter. And because of that, she gave her life to Christ that day. Well, then she went back to her village, and she started telling everybody about what happened, and the village chief called our pastor and said, you have to come to our village and tell us about this man named Jesus. And so um, just through this ministry, God has done amazing things. We see people constantly coming to know the Lord through this ministry. Um, then in January of 2019, just because of security issues in Burkina, um, we had to kind of change the way we do ministry, and we had to pull into the city um, and just start doing ministry there. And so we had to pray and think about how this was going to change. We didn't want to just be doing things to stay busy. We definitely wanted to join God in the work that he wanted us to do. And so one of the things that opened up was opportunity to do well repairs. Um, typically, we do all of our ministry directly through the church. And so anytime people in the villages were asking us to come repair their wells, we would just have to say, sorry, you know, we work through the church. Um, and so this op opened the opportunity for us to start doing those well repairs. And God did a lot of work through that. But I remember being in one village, and at the end, when they were dedicating the well, um, the imam, which is the Muslim teacher in the area, came and he said, you know, we asked the Muslims to help us, and they said no. And then we asked the Catholics to help us, and they said no. Then we asked the Christians to help us, and you came, you came and helped. You Christians, you're not just saying these things. You actually do what you say you're going to do, and, and we're, we're brothers, he told us. And later he went to the pastor's house and thanked him again, and later two ladies from his church came to one of the um, things um, we were doing with our handicap ministry, and then um, they went back to their imam and said, we would like to go to that church. And he gave them permission. He said, I will let you go to that church because they're our brothers. And so, again, just the opportunity for the gospel to be spread. Um, and then in December of last year, due to continued terrorism and security in Burkina, we all had to leave. Um, and we had recently set up a system for our business agent to be able to pay our workers and pay our bills because there was going to be a season where all of us were out of the country. And so we said, well, let's, let's try to continue the work and continue the ministry and see if this works. And so God has been amazing, and we have been able to continue drilling wells and repairing wells and doing food distributions and, and all of that. And we get constant updates. I mean, God is at work. We hear constantly about people giving their lives to Christ. But just last week, I received a message from our business agent and um, um, about a village. And, and in Burkina, the rains stop the beginning of October. And so about March, the hand dug wells and the, the natural water sources are starting to dry up. And this gentleman had sent his children, his two daughters, 16 and 14, to go get water from the pond to water their animals. And he didn't realize that this was in May. And so he didn't realize that because of the water starting to dry up, the chief had put in a restriction and you couldn't get water from the local sources for your animals. And so they, they severely beat these girls. And the youngest one, even to the point of now she's partially deaf. But in the pro when, during the time when his family was mourning, he, he heard about this well that Envision was putting in. And it was going to be a well with no restrictions, and you can get water anytime you want. And, and it's a drilled well, which usually they don't, they don't run dry. Um, 
Anyway, so he went to the dedication of this well, and the pastor shared a message of how they have this well because of the love of God and about how Jesus Christ is the living water and that if you accept this living water, you'll have eternal life. And he knew then that the God of the Christians was the true God and the God of love, and him and his wife and his two daughters all gave their lives to Christ. Um, and I think of the verse in Romans that talks about God works all things together for good for those who love him and who... Um, and God has been teaching me how we don't always get to see the good. He promises the good, but he doesn't promise that we're going to get to see the good. And for me, in this season where we've had to leave Burkina and the heartache with that and what's going on there, he's allowed us to see the good. I get messages about hundreds of people coming to the Lord, messages of the people running to give their lives to Jesus, people who are saying it, it doesn't matter the cost I've decided to follow. And so it's exciting just to see that the work is continuing. God is doing amazing things, and we're not even there. That's awesome. Um, elaborate a little bit. You said a couple things in there that really stick out to me. Um, and you already said it, but elaborate on, on the strategy of Envision when you go into okay. place. Because that strategy is different than a lot of other missions organizations and missionaries. So when we go into a place, we... Um, talk to the church, the church leaders, or maybe there's ministries, and just find out what their needs are, what their goals are, and how we can partner with them. But we don't want them to become dependent on us. So it's a lot of conversations and prayer so that we can help them um, without doing what they can do for themselves. Um, and so um, the, since I've been there, the pastors have always been the ones doing evangelism. They may not be able to afford a well for their village, but we can help with that, and then the pastors can do evangelism. And so we do what we can do, and we want to make sure that they're partnering with us so that or that we're partnering with them, rather, so that they buy into it. It's their, it's their church. It's not our church. It's their village, their well. It's not ours. So. Yeah, it, that's a big deal because it's coming alongside, again, not making people dependent, um, but rather supporting, which has proven to work because when you left, it continues to go. Um, and for me, that speaks volumes that they left and were able to go, oh, we're, we're not needed. I mean, money is still going over. You're still supporting the local pastors and missionaries, um, well, not even missionaries, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the pastors. Um, if you saw in the video, some of the strategies, I just wanted to kind of highlight those. It is to, to bless. They don't just go in to, to preach, but to bless first. And this is relevant to us. And we're going to start talking about this over the next couple months, though, uh, is that's what Jesus did, too. Jesus blessed. You know, he healed. He did things. He fed people in order to share the gospel, not just share the gospel. And so, uh, bikes. Tell us more about the bikes, because that one stuck out to me when we were there. Okay, so um, as I said, the disabled people in Burkina are kind of a discarded people group, um, and so often they're crawling on the grounds um, to go get food or to get water, and, um, you know, for... for normal, healthy people there, they go get water, they can pump the water, they can carry their bucket. But if you can't walk, how are you going to get water back to your house so that you can drink or water back to your house so that you can bathe? And so um, our, our local pastor started this ministry of distributing these handicapped bikes so that now um, they can be eye to eye with people. They're not always looking up at people. They can go get water and put it on the back of their bike and go home. Um, it gives them dignity. It makes them feel human. Um, and then every time we do a bike distribution, the gospel is shared. So, Yeah. Well, and it's unique because the bikes pedal here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got to be part of some of those being distributed. But the bikes are built locally. Yeah, they're built locally. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so we're supporting a local, or local mm -hmm. business by purchasing the bikes to distribute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
giving out food, corn. Mm -hmm. So corn is what's made the main food there. They use it to make something called tow. And so um, you saw that we sometimes distribute rice, but tow you can get more for the money and it's their favorite food and it's more filling. So we typically distribute corn. And again, we do the distributions. Um, it's the pastors typically handle who gets that. Um, and then a, a gospel presentation is done. Right now, that's one of the biggest needs. There's over a million um, displaced people in Burkina right now due to terrorism. And so you've got um, these people moving into villages that don't have enough water, that don't have enough food, and they're trying to help. And so right now, we've been doing a lot of food distributions and, and some extra wells and stuff. Yeah. How is the spiritual climate in West Africa different than we would understand here? I didn't warn you with that question. So in, in Burkina specifically, it's, it's mainly um, a Muslim country. There's a lot of animism, though, as well, which is the worship and, um, of the evil spirits. And so um, for them, they would say, God is good. Why would we worship God? He's good. We need to worship the evil spirits. We've got to keep them happy. Um, and so if you can go in and, and they, they make sacrifices to the evil spirits and and so if you can go in and tell them about the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus that sometimes opens up doors um in Burkina they're they're mostly open to you as people they may not be open to hearing the gospel but um for I think for Burkina because it's such a poor country if you're willing to go in and meet their needs if you're willing to go in and help them then they're going to be open to you coming in and sharing, but you've got to kind of meet that need. They don't care to hear about Jesus if you're going to go in and tell about Jesus when they're hungry and thirsty and they can't get medicine for their children. But if you can go in and meet that need, then that starts to open their eyes to this God of love, and, and then they're open to hearing. Yeah. We heard a bunch of stories while we were there from Joanna and John and Betty um, just about the spiritual warfare. Where, where here, you know, it seems like you know, the, Satan has done a good job of just pretending like he doesn't exist and letting things go. But there, because they worship these evil spirits, uh, there's actually more power, things that happen, and, and some crazy stuff. And if you want to hear some of those, maybe Joanna will share one. She'll be out here uh, after the service. Um, but some of those crazy things that happen that, that here would open people's eyes to spirituality there... They're so spiritual anyway that, that those things are happening. And then when they hear about Jesus, uh, and Jesus shows his power stronger, it's just neat to see how God works around the world and different. Um, so you've probably picked up, Joanna's not in Burkina anymore, um, and, and Burkina's kind of closed. Um, and so what's your plan now? All right, so we left Burkina with the hopes that things would get better and we could go back, but things have not gotten better. And so... Most likely, unless there's a miracle, we won't be going back. And so there's been a lot of prayer and talk about what's, what's next, where will we go next, and so far. So John and Betty are my directors, and they were the older couple in the photo. And then there's another young family, the Griffins. And so um, the Griffins and I are looking to relocate. John and Betty will stay in the U.S. They're going to continue with the work in Burkina as far as the way we've been doing it. Um, so the Griffins and I are looking to go to Guinea, quite possibly. And we, um, in September, we'll be going to visit and making our final decision. And we would... Um, we're going to be opening a brand new Envision site, so the work will be similar. It'll be the same idea of going in and partnering with the church. What are their needs? How can we help? And then bringing teams and interns out to help us with that. Um, there's a lot of unknowns because we have yet to have all those conversations about what are the needs and how can we partner you with. But it would be kind of run the same way, but the ministries may be a little different. I love that you say that because you're not going in knowing exactly what you're going to do. Um, rather, what are the needs and then how can we meet it? Um, and how can we as a church and as individuals here partner with you? 
All right, so I would, there's a few ways you guys can partner with us. I would say first, prayer. Um, you can, in September, around the 16th or so, we're, we're going, so you can pray that God would just make it very clear one way or the other if Kenny's where he wants us. And with everything going on in the world, there's a lot of logistics to get there and come back, so you can pray for that. Um, secondly, I would say when we're ready, come visit us. Like We would love to see you guys out there serving with us on the ground, um, whether it's for a week-long trip or some people who may want to come out and spend several months with us working. Um, and then thirdly, I would say financially, I know once we get on the ground, there will definitely be ministries that we want to be a part of that we're going to need financial aid. And then even now, like the good news is, is we have ev absolutely everything we need to start a new Envision site. The difficult part of that is we've got to get it from Burkina to Guinea. And so there's expenses with that and expenses with getting set up. So, um, that's how you guys can partner with us. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, like I said, when this service is done, you know, normally you guys are kicked to the alley. Um, well, you're still kicked to the alley, but if you want to talk to Joanna, you know, sneak through that door and go into the conference room and you can speak to her briefly. She has another service to get to, so um, don't talk too long. Um, but thank you, Joanna, for sharing. Uh, again, we're excited to partner with Joanna, um, and I'm excited that you don't have all the answers. I, I mean, really, and, and that's part of how God has made me, you know, of where's God going to work? Let's go and let's figure it out. And so I'm excited for us to partner, to pray, uh, to give. And so as time goes on, um, you're going to communicate well with us and we'll communicate well with, with you um, and then hopefully send, send some of us again yes. um, and again and again. That was some of the stories I heard of, of really churches in the United States being changed, um, which is really cool too, not just changing in Africa, but changing hearts here of people going, well, and like you, you caught the vision and then you went and stayed. Um, but I hope people catch the vision and then come back and carry out the mission here as well. Um, so as we, as we close, we're going to close in worship. Um, let's close in worship and think about, you know, what, what God is doing. Uh, in in uh, Matthew 16, you know, as Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in glory, in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. You know, for us, if we have been saved by Christ, we belong to him, and now we get to go. Uh, just like Joanna is going to Africa, we go here. And so our application now is to think about, you know, how are we being used by God? You know, what are our opportunities here to bless? And how might God be stirring you uh, to partner with Joanna and, and Envision and maybe somewhere else foreign? So let me pray and we'll worship. Father, I thank you so much for Joanna. Uh, thank you for Envision. Thank you that they... Uh, have been obedient to you, and the evidence is there. It's really neat to be able to look back and see how things have continued even when they pulled out. Uh, people are continuing to be blessed. People are continuing to be saved. And as we saw in that video, many are being baptized. God, thank you uh, for that. Thank you that we can partner with it. Um, I ask that you would stir our hearts, that we would love you more uh, and be readily available to say yes to whatever you would call us to. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen.